fucking Canadian. I like sucking. Come on, man. Legit Welcome to Legit Bat. I'm Joe. Jen's with me. Ben's over there with the lag. Woo! I don't have my sound effect pissed. Piss. Piss. There we go. So tonight, oh, before we start, I guess. Um, what was I going to cover in the beginning? I fucking forgot. Oh, welcome to all the new Telegram members. If anybody wants to join the Telegram, the link is in the notes. We have almost a hundred people in there, and it's always popping off. If you're into that, I would turn your notifications off. But otherwise, it's a good time in there. Always talking shit with. Corey and Jesus and Zach and Chance and Chance is a meme god. There's your shout out, Chance. He's always dropping dankest of memes. <laughs> and what else? Ado? I think that's all the ado. So tonight we have Loomis from Chant It Down. Is there a second title to your show? Because I looked it up on uh, iTunes and it seems like there's two titles. No, just Chant It Down Radio. I Okay, Chant It Down Radio. Yeah, I, I started this a long time ago before probably people called it podcast. So I called it radio back then, but it's the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Much. yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let us uh, introduce yourself, give us your plugs, and let everyone know uh, what you do over at your show. All right. Well, my name is Loomis. I do Chant It Down Radio, a podcast I've been doing since early 2013. And I, I'm out of Hawaii. Um, this is uh, a show about the truth and everything in between of uh, covered everything you can think of had a lot of guests on and 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 uh, I, this is the year I'm networking so I'm glad to meet people like you guys and just kind of expand out there and uh, meet new people and and uh, just exchange information awesome well you yeah. seem to be a, an OG in the game so how did you get started with the whole uh, what they call the truther movement which I'm not a huge fan of but everyone knows right. what I'm talking about if I say that well, it's a long story. Um, I was in um, a house in 1999 where there was a revolving door and I was too broke to pay for the other room after a while. So I slept on the couch. And so one of my roommates was an older man, like 45 or 50. And what he did is he was a kind of an insider in the USDA and he broke down how the whole world worked to me. This is in 1999 and pretty much set me on fire on everything about, you know, give me lots of good books to read, tell me about, he told me they were gonna install Bush at W. w Bush in 2000, and that something big was gonna happen when he got in. And so when, um, sorry about the helicopters outside. Uh, so when he got in and then 9-11 happened a little bit later, that was that big thing. So that set me on fire. And I guess you could say that I became one of those truther people, but I don't know what you want to call it. It's just, um, I wanted to get out the message for the truth and I've been doing it ever since. Um, although I didn't start my radio show 2013, I probably could have started it five, six years earlier, but I have kids and I was raising them doing the regular old life. So that's kind of how, uh, that's a quick story of a very long, quick version of a very long version of story there. Nice. So you said the, the insider information with the uh, geoengineering. So what? tell us more about that. Well, okay. So that's another 
So, so if I tell this story all real quick, it kind of sounds almost unbelievable, but what, what, so this was a, a separate person that I met uh, talking about geoengineering, but the reason why I think I met all these people, at least <clears throat> these two different individuals is because I lived through synchronicity in my life. So I didn't always have jobs and I just kind of got in situations that normal eight to five Monday through Friday people don't get into. And I think that's how I met some the first insider. The second insider I met was in 2008 and I have, um, well, my ex, my ex was, um, she was saying, Hey, that guy over there, I've been talking to, he knows all about chemtrails. You're into chemtrails, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I, you know, and so he's like, you should talk to him. I'm like, okay. So I went over to this guy's house thinking that, well, I kind of know enough that I can tell him. Uh, turns out I needed to go back to his house and take notes because this guy was actually the son of a CIA, CIA scientist, and he had a whole, whole lot of information on what they're doing above our heads. Um, I can get into it in a little bit. Uh, it's it's long, a lot of stuff, but it was mind-blowing to the point where after 2008, I realized that this information was coming to me rather than me, and I wasn't seeking it, so I figured out that my job must be to get this information out and if I didn't, I think I would probably be living my life in vain. So I decided to, um, you know, and start doing a lot of different activism, met a lot of people in the earlier truth community, um, some friends like Bob Tuscan. You might know Bob Tuscan. Shout out to him. Long time ago, he had a radio show. So this is like, you know, 2011. Right. And so anyway, um, that's what spurred me to do the, my podcast in 2013. Nice. But, uh how did you guys get started? I want to know your guys' story as well, because right. Legit Bat is a cool, cool name. <laughs> I rolled a joint the other night that was in the shape of a nice, legit bat. <laughs> well, we started out just wanting to have kind of a, I mean, we always used to just <laughs> talk shit. What? Whoa. Oh, Ben's lag, right? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> No, we started out just uh, wanting to have fun conversations, and we do it so often that I'm like, why don't we have microphones out here? We should just have post up a microphone out there and just record this and send it out. Ended up being a lot more involved than that, but uh, that's basically how we started. And the legit bad is uh, a, a dick joke, a dad oh. dick joke, to be specific. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I noticed you had a slogan about some about uh, telling the truth every Dick, one dick joke at a time. I'm probably butchering it, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty cl close enough. But that's why, yeah. that's exactly why I, I changed our uh, thing, whatever you call it, bio to that. Because when we were talking about the truther thing, I'm, I'm always telling people we're not teaching the truth or trying to tell people what is truth. We ourselves are searching for whatever the fuck truth is. And that ends up being not so much looking for truth as much as weeding out all the false and then coming up with something resembling truth. And it changes all the time. That's why I can't stand these uh, these people that get up and say, this is the way things are, and I know what's going on. And, eh, maybe, probably not, though. Probably not, though, and probably they know some things and the rest is their ego going into it. Because yeah. I've seen so many – the people that I respect in this community that have done their hard work are people that have actually changed their opinions on things over the years because they've realized maybe they were wrong and they admitted it. And those are the people that I, I respect the most because they are still learning. You can't stop learning. Yeah. And if you're wrong, that's fine. Everybody's wrong a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you guys have been doing how long you've been doing your podcast? Uh, coming up on two years. Two, two years. years in August. Yeah. 
Nice. And it's been uh, going pretty good. You guys are mostly live streaming the whole time. Well, yeah. So it started out as just audio. And then we got on Rockfin. And I'm like, well, I got to figure out this video shit. So we started just doing our regular show. But instead of uploading a video, we just live stream it and then release the audio afterwards. And it seems to be working out. I mean, I haven't figured out enough now or I'm probably not going to change it anytime soon. Do you do any video stuff? No, um, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm pretty much a, I'm um, kind of an idiot with, um, I'm not very tech savvy, but I'm, I'm learning um, OBS. So I'm going to be doing, I'm coming up on my 200th episode pretty soon. So I figure after that, I'm going to start doing all the live streams. But um, yeah, yeah um, I've just been kind of recording, uploading, having guests on that kind of stuff for many years. And um, that kind of worked into my busy schedule because I work a full-time job. But the the live stream thing I think is important. And I just sort of a latecomer to it. Like everything in Hawaii, we're always late out here. <laughs> well, it just kind of gives uh, the listeners more options. You know, like if they want to jump in the live stream and talk shit in the chat, they can do that. Like uh, Corey and Thomas and who, uh, Andrew's in there too. Uh, they, so they, it gives them options where they can either join the live chat and the live show or they can watch the video later. And sometimes the video is actually important to watch because we'll have people that put things up on screen, diagrams and pictures and all that shit. But yeah, then visuals. the most people listen to the audio because that's free and it's easy and you can do it while you're at work. So just just options, you know. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think I think my vision of podcasts for so long is it's that thing you listen to while you're driving on a long drive home or cleaning the house or something. But I realize there are, there's a lot of important, there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to have visuals, especially to have slides and, and pictures. And so people can see what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone has time to watch the uh, live stream. So no. it's, it's, it's cool when they do though. It's fun to see people in the chat, but so tell me more about, since you have 200 episodes, you have quite a jump on us. Uh, we do two or three shows a week so we're actually getting close to 200 i think but uh yeah. what, what was your favorite or the most memorable interview or topic or guest you've had on hmm i don't know if i have a favorite i i can't I, that's a hard answer but um a show that was really successful with my listening audience was I had on a discussion about 5G. This was five. This was 2018, I think, 2017, with Max Egan, Ilana Freeland, and and Matt Landman. Uh, you probably know Matt Landman at least. Uh, he's yeah. Big with yeah. So so I had all three of them on, and we were discussing things way ahead of time of what 5G might be like and what it's going to do to people. And well, now it's here. And but um, I thought that was a pretty amazing episode. And the fact that I got all these really cool uh, opinions of people uh, and their research of what they think is going on. And the, at the time, I felt like these were the number one people to go to people on that subject. So that one was really cool. I, I remember that. But I liked I don't like to just cover the gloom and doom. I like to give empowering stuff, too. And um, I like. I, I like to, I don't put enough humor in and that's why I like you guys. I hear a lot of humor. Humor is so important and I, I feel like I need to be funnier, but it's just me, you know? And sometimes if I'm not in a funny mood, I'm talking about something serious. It's kind of like, you know, it's hard for me to make jokes, but yeah, it's, I think there's a nice blend. What you guys do from what I've heard is you guys put a lot of humor in there and it's easy listening yet. People are digesting 
truth bits. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we think we're funny, so that's all that matters. <laughs> it it's, it's our hobby, so I make myself laugh. That's all I need to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, Matt Landman on a couple times. He's always interesting because he can talk circles around all kinds of stuff, not just the chemtrails and the yeah. Frankenstein shit, but he can talk about everything. But the, the 5G thing, I don't know if that it seems to have kind of fizzled. I still hear people talk about it, but... I think it's because it got turned on, and as far as we know, nothing really changed. Maybe it did in the uh, <clears throat> jabbed people. We don't know, but mm -hmm. I, I don't see any different. I still don't have five G. My phone's like two and a half years old at this point. After COVID, I'm like, I'm not getting a new phone. They're just gonna do the contact tracing and all that it's still shit. Floating all around us everywhere, though, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. And I think it will be slow effects. I don't think it will be like a snap your fingers, five G turns no. on, people start dropping. It's gonna be very slow over time to where the effects the might not boil. be known until we're dead already. It'll be out for our kids to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and the thing about it too is um, I don't think a lot of these towers are turned on. Um, this is my feeling when I go by them. I mean, maybe I'm just imagining they're not on, but uh, the, the thing that I did notice is during the 2020 lockdown, at least here, and I think a lot of other places too, they certainly put a lot of towers up and, the thing that we do have to think about is it is was used by the military as an active denial system, and it could be used to keep people in certain certain quadrants of the city, you could say, as they keep you within. Because if it's supposed to burn your skin if it's the millimeter wave is turned on and you wouldn't want to go beyond that boundary. So I'm seeing more and more going up. Hopefully that's not the case, but if shit really went down and they really wanted to do that, I, I wouldn't put it past them. That's for sure. Yeah. And I mean, who knows what the long-term effects are? I think that's most people's problem with it is like Jen said, it's probably not going to be this instant. Oh, people are dropping now. Probably is going to be more of a, long-term slow cook type slow of thing cook, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're in a bit giant fucking crock pot that's what it is and i i would think if there's really that graphene and other stuff in the the jabby jab i that can't be good in conjunction with the 5g stuff and we'll just wait and see what happens you know if people start yeah. peeling from the inside out i mean we'll know something's up but ben yeah, what do you but... think 5g because i haven't heard you talk much about uh what you think about the 5g and e emf in general Well, I mean, part of it is the journey that we've been on in this podcast. The idea of energy was something I vehemently denied until about May of last year. And uh, there was the one incident that really put that in perspective for me. So <clears throat> naturally, then the idea of EMF and uh, interpersonal energies, that's obviously been what I've been more on a kick of doing things like this and uh you know all the gay shit um <laughs> but when it comes to the 5g towers uh that that's a uh a crystal by the way it's some it's i got another yes, one right here that i use once for physical ailments once for sleep uh mind mind ailments i have a lot of those um you need the more mind, of those not dude. the physical um so i need like eight of them around my neck and balls all the time um, <laughs> the 5G thing is somewhat of a, uh, I can't tell. And this is, the, this is the shitty part about being in the rabbit hole is that I can't tell if the data that has come out on them is speculation or factual 
And then at the end of the day, whether or not it's quote unquote factual, do you actually believe whether or not those statistics are true? I'm in the middle on all of it. So I definitely would never put it past, uh, you know, the uh, powers that be uh, to do something like that where uh, with the, I guess you could say conspiracy theory around 5G. Um, obviously, I know uh, Matt Landman has and has promoted the uh, 5G phone pocket protectors so that it doesn't um, emit the issues. Um, there has been, in my opinion, a little too many coincidences, uh, kind of like with the jab and the paralysis and things that people saw that uh, I definitely think that something is going on with it. I, I myself haven't same boat as you, Joe. I haven't upgraded my phone uh, 4G. Um, I've had it for two and a half years. Haven't upgraded it yet for that reason. Um, because much like anything else in technology, at some point it's going to get to if you upgrade, whether it be a fucking flip phone or not, it, it, it's going to be 5G. And pretty soon you're not going to be able to get one. And then slowly they're going to weed it out to where now the 4G towers no longer are available to work. So then you'll be forced to upgrade. Um, and that well, part that to me is, right. it holds more weight than the stories. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and But that to me, I mean, you already see that with technology where they start to phase out older technology. So that part is kind of a given. It's, it's market. That's how that works. But at the same time, that understanding of the fact that that's how market works makes people more susceptible to rationalize it and justify going ahead and upgrading to it because they're used to this fast market phase out of the previous generation. Um, so specifically, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, if, if or that I believe something is going on with the 5G. I think that there's too many coincidences to say no. Uh, but I also don't think that there's enough data out there uh, to really say this is what it does, my opinion. Right. And there's uh, there's other things, too. It's not just the 5G there. I mean, we keep our phones right by our balls all day. I mean, dudes do for the most part. My phone's in my pocket all day. Not only that, but I have a uh, cellular device on my hip for my work. So I'm double packing the fucking EMF heat. So who, who knows what that's doing by itself? And we've been doing that for years since the early 2000s or so when everybody got a cell phone. We've been carrying around these little EMF emitters. We don't know what the fucking effects of that are, but I think the, uh, the sperm count in men dropping drastically lately probably has something to do with that. Could be wrong. Yeah, and the testosterone too. Well, yeah. But, you know, when, I'm, when I'm, I think about a lot of things in the alternative media, I think we always have to be careful um, – I was saying to somebody the other day, if you had a gauge, kind of like a clock, and you had nine and three, nine being the uh, mainstream media and three being totally like paranoid Alex Jones screaming on a microphone, I keep about a one somewhere in there because I don't tend to want to go with all these things that I've heard for so many years. I think I don't really have like like a great advantage over anybody, but I've been awake to all this a long time. I've heard a lot of shit that just never happened. And that's even goes with the jab, you know, that that's the stuff that's in it. There's been so much hype about it and we'll see the long-term effects and all, but it's just that there's been so much that people are putting on all these things 
and then they didn't really happen the way they said they would. So that's why I, I never stay in that super paranoid zone. I just don't think it's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good place to be. The middle is where we all should be. That way we can be aware of information coming in on both sides. Because if you yeah. stick to one side of polarity, you're never going to be able to understand any information coming from something that's so opposite from you because you're so stuck in there holding on to it so tight. So I agree with that. I try to stay at a 12, like perfect 12. <laughs> it's hard, but it's, it's crazy to say I have to feel this way or I have to feel that way. It doesn't have to be one or the other all the time. And both sides are so easily influenced just because of their unwillingness to bend. So you can take the same exact type of information that you'd say to someone who is terrified of COVID and apply it, just say it in the same way to someone who absolutely thinks COVID's fake and you could get the same result. You could influence yeah. them in the same way. And, you know, yeah. And especially since you can find whatever you want on the internet, it's easy to back up whatever you think. So keeping between the nine and the three, like you said, is hard. And it kind of goes with any perspective you have about anything. You got to kind of keep that 12 o'clock somewhere. You know, you can't be if you go too far to the right or I don't even say right or left to the nine or the three, then you get like Jen said, you get stuck there. And then it's way harder to even pull you back to somewhat something resembling, you know, middle of the road. But I just told somebody the other day, I'm like, being in the middle is probably the hardest thing because you get attacked from all fucking sides. At least if you're on one team or the other you got a, like, a, like a tribe, you know, they'll protect you from the other side. Being in the middle, we're just out here on our own taking arrows from all sides. And it's, uh, we need a middle tribe. It makes it funnier, though. <laughs> well, the media has the media has certain techniques for people who are, just to keep the analogy of the three and the nine yeah. going, people who are maybe tens or twos, you know, in between that. They have a technique to try to pull them back down or try to switch them to the other side as much as they can. You can you can see it in almost every single news article and on every news outlet on both sides. It's crazy. Yes, you can. And you know the 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 it sometimes what they do, I feel like they're pushing people purposely to the other side to a controlled a controlled um, opposition. So that would be a very good example of what's happening right now with Elon Musk. You know, everybody's, oh, he's going to liberate and everybody and we're going to have free speech. Yet the guy's putting up a uh, worldwide surveillance network, has been, uh, wants to put chips in people's brains. So how, you know, that there's a lot of people that I actually have met that are like actually happy he bought Twitter. But like, yeah, but wait a minute, look at this guy. So there's there's always, there's a lot of things that have happened, especially in the last couple of years that have gravitated people away from one side, but then they went to another without doing much investigation. Basically, everybody needs to be a, a, an agnostic thinker and really think for themselves and take everything in. And of course, people don't, and it's hard to for a lot of people in busy schedules, but still, we all need to really think that way. Otherwise, we do get pulled to one side or another, one extreme to the other, and then, you know, again, someone else is doing the thinking for us. Yeah, and it, uh, that's why I almost, I was going to change the bio of our show to, uh, I don't fucking know, because like you said, agnostic. <laughs> that's, I, it always comes back to that, even if the Elon Musk thing, we talked to Lindsay Sharman about that Sunday, and it, there's so much on both sides of that thing, but I don't, I don't trust the guy. A, he's a billionaire, and B, he's done a like you said, he wants to do a lot of things that everybody in this community is like, no, it's the mark of the beast. Don't take you know the most paranoid people are 
on board with him buying Twitter. I told Ben today, I don't care if he fucking buys Twitter. I don't use it. I also don't drive a Tesla. I, I couldn't give a shit what he's doing. But if he's if he's going to be the sole person yeah. in charge of all that data gathering on Twitter, that's a little weird. But, you know, like anything, we're going to see what happens. So I just sit back and watch, uh, smoke a doobie and just hang out. Hey, yeah, great. Um, did you know, I, I don't know if you guys know me, I'm saying stuff that's already floating around a lot, but Werner von Braun, the, the famous guy from NASA, wrote a novel in 1952, and he said that there was a, it was a science fiction novel about um, somebody colonizing Mars, and the person's name was Elon. Yep. We just, just, just talked about that. that. Oh, yeah, you just I, talked about that. Oh, that's cool. about that. real time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, there's oh. a dude that wrote this novel, and we Googled it in real time. And I'm like, it was fucking Werner von Braun. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this crazy lady. Well, I don't know if she's crazy, but she's in the UFO circle, and her name's Carol Carol Rosen. You guys, did you guys talk about her at all? It, she said she was like his friend for four years, only four years, but. He was on, um, she, she was with him and his last words were, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing, I'd have to find it, but um, basically that we're going to go through um, a Cold War with Russia. That's going to be fake, that they were going to have terrorists are going to be out uh, and that's going to be fake. And I, I feel like I can find it. But um, the thing he said, oh, is you don't want to weaponize space. Uh, and the next thing is going to be asteroids. And then the final thing is going to be um, the alien car. Basically, they're going to do a fake alien invasion. And he said, all of this is not true. And that's what he said on his deathbed, according to this lady, Carol Rosen, who I'm a little suspicious about. But it's interesting. Yeah. And it's uh, played out pretty much like that. It, follows it has. Bluebeam. I mean, that's that was also, you know, quote debunked because of the dude that wrote it. They, I don't remember the whole story, or I can't remember that dude's name. Actually, we have to do a whole episode on Bluebeam, but it, there's so many things that line up with all this stuff we've been hearing. But there we go with the agnostic thinking again. We got to go. Who knows? It might be all bullshit. But yeah, I haven't seen an alien yet. That's all over the news right now. So um, for my work, I always have to log into. I, I don't even know what the browser is called. It's something completely different than anything I've ever seen. I have to log in at work and it always pulls up these random news stories and almost every single one comes from MSNBC or something. And it's all about asteroid nearly misses earth. And there's tons of them or tons and tons and tons of articles. If it's not that it's about aliens. So one scientist said, uh, one of the articles said, scientists believes that we were created in a lab by a higher, um, a higher intelligence, something like CERN. So something like what CERN's trying to do, creating their own universe or finding the way that our universe was created. They believe that a higher life form did that to us. And that is how we exist. Um, and then I saw another one that said that alien life may have crashed into our ocean in 2016 through an asteroid. Um, that was just the other day. <laughs> so yeah. they're just kind of seeding the news with these little articles, I think, to get ready to unleash the big news. Because this isn't something that is on mainstream media. It's on this random browser, but it's coming from mainstream websites, but it's not on it's not on the main page of MSNBC or CNN or anything. Yep. But it's in there. One thing we're sure of, everything is propaganda. 
Oh, I was going to ask you what you thought about CERN since that just fired back up again. Like, goes full balls out speculative conspiracy or anything, or just stick to what you know. Doesn't really matter. We do whatever here. So, what do you think about CERN in general and it just firing up at like twice the power? I think it was three, two, maybe like four. Yeah, Something they just like fired up April today. It just collided their first particles the other day, from what from what we're told. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll be full power in June. Wow. Um, what do I think about CERN? I think, well, you know, I, this is sort of a cl cliche thing that a lot of people probably talk about. Um, but I kind of do think that Mandela effect really did possibly come because they fired up CERN. I mean, I do think of things could be false memories from the Mandela effect, but I, I also saw it in... <laughs> I've, you've probably seen it. it's like Spider-Man animated. My my youngest son was watching it a while back. The, what was it called? The um, Into the Spider-Verse. And yeah. there's a machine in there that messes up all the dimensions and then all these other Spider-Men come out. But I think they're kind of predictive programming with that. And I honestly kind of think that really that it could be messing up our timeline. I, I remember when um, around 2016, I felt like something this is just me feeling this way. So who knows, but I felt like something, a switch was hit and we went into like a different world. And then I felt that again in 2020, but I mean, that's obvious because we really did go into a different world, but there's been times where I felt like, are they fucking with us? Are they doing that? But hundred percent. Yeah. But CERN itself, I mean, they say they're going to find the God particle and you know, what is the God particle? And they also say that something might come through well, I think things have already come through a long time ago, and who knows what has come through now. I think, I think nuclear, I think nuclear uh, explosions have opened up possibly dimensions that things have maybe come through too. And I don't know for certain, but that's just that's kind of my thoughts on a lot of that stuff. Is like you're messing with the unknown there. So what is going on, and is someone actually, um, is somebody actually? controlling it or do they just not know what the hell they're doing and they just and it's just happening i think that's the scariest thing is you know the old you know there's known knowns known unknowns and unknown unknowns they're dealing yeah. with unknown unknowns and they're supposedly at the top of their field they're experts and they're smashing these fucking particles together literally not knowing they're they're doing it so they find out what happens but i i know they're talking about creating mini black holes every time they do that so Something might be coming through, whether black holes or portals or not. They're doing something that's uh, fucking with the nature of reality. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I don't really study CERN a lot, but I guess just to kind of segue into um, you, we talked in the beginning about this guy told me a lot about what chemtrails are doing. Um, that kind of goes into a frequency that we're on under when they actually do spray. And I think you guys can probably feel it when they, on a spray day, you feel a heavy spray day, you feel a little bit different. I think we've been under some kind of a frequency with, you know, ionosphere heaters involved for so many years. And I think that's messing with, I don't know if it's messing with time, but it's definitely messing with our, our, our bodies and our, our natural rhythm and our circadian rhythm. I think we're way thrown off from that. But the yeah. one thing this guy did tell me, and it does actually really exist, is 
these nanotech fibers, this, this transhumanism that they're spraying in as well, a lot of people call it Morgellons. Um, it's in all of our bodies, apparently, according to the scientist Clifford Carncom, who's done like all these crazy experiments where he's figured out that people, everybody has this in their body because we can't help but breathe this. But what it's doing is it's hooking, it's, it's linking together in our bodies. And he, this guy, this insider told me it forms an antenna from the back of our heads down to our reproductive organs. And when harps and things like that are turned on, then we are conductive to that. And it, you know, um, what he showed me something on how to get this shit out of our bodies. And I've shared this a long time ago on some alternative shows. Basically you take red wine that's turned bad, like a little bit, like, you know, you're not going to drink it anymore. You swish it, yeah. You swish it in your mouth and you swish it really hard and you start spitting out all kinds of chunks of weird stuff. I know it sounds gross fibers. Like you'll see little wires and stuff. I've done it myself many times, but when I've done that, and this is what the guy showed me, you'll be thinking clear. And sure enough, you like your third eye area just really opens up and you're thinking clear. Um, it does involve a little more than that. You're supposed to buy this stuff called Hypericom. It's in a, it's a tablet that comes in um, a homeopathic remedy called Hypericom. You put that in your, gums beforehand it's supposed to open up the pores of your gums and then once you've done that you start swishing a bunch of wine and spitting it out and see what comes out and a lot of people have tried it and it, it does work it sounds crazy i know but um it's the only way we can really force a lot of this shit and including these heavy metals out of our body is by getting it out the pores of our gums because it's kind of hard to do that with any other body part so weird. So okay, yeah. we're definitely trying this. So we're gonna need to see scientific articles about this beforehand. But uh, I'm just kidding. But it's how do you know what the yeah. wine is? Oh, okay, no, yeah. it's been a peer reviewed. Review. Yeah, we're yeah. just yeah. kidding. No, so how do you know when the wine is good or bad enough to do this? Like, well, you know, when, or? yeah, you know when you open it up, and if you don't drink the whole bottle, and um, it ferments a bit, you know, just like you're not gonna want to taste that it's like too too harsh so that's what you do with it and another thing the guy said is after about five squishes put in some apple cider vinegar and do the same thing with that spit it out and then go back to the red wine again so that's what i'm um, wondering like why why what's best what's special about the red wine as opposed to like a vinegar well it, you know how they say like a glass of red wine is good before bed and or you know kind of it pulls can i think it's the it's the um what is it? The tannins, I think it's called. And it pulls out toxins from like arteries, I believe. So I guess the same thing applies when you're swishing it around your mouth. Apparently that's what he told me. So like I said, I had to go to the, back to this guy's house and take notes, you know, but basically he was telling me, this is how they're going to roll out their plans with everything with weather control. You see that with climate change. I mean, I can see lately they've been bombing us. I just got back from Egypt. So I don't know if, I, I didn't tell you guys that um, I'm making a documentary and it's, and doing some stuff and it's um, been investigating all these like old megalithic sites, but they were just spraying the hell out of those people over there. And then I get back here and they're spraying the hell out of us. And I've noticed that my mangoes on my neighbor's tree are a lot smaller and more dwarfed. Hibiscus flowers are weird looking. And I think they're doing multiple 
multiple programs, like this guy said, at the same time for all their agendas. I also think what they're spraying, because they found biological stuff that they're spraying, you know, stuff to keep people sick, you know? Um, yeah. I left Egypt. <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. So in order to get back in the United States, because I'm not, you know, jabbed, I had to PC, PCR test, and we know those tests are not good, but I actually tested positive. And I'm like, oh, <clears throat> shit. So I... Well, we went down to the front desk at the hotel, the airport hotel we were staying at in Cairo. And the, the front desk lady goes, you mean you are positive? And I said, yeah. Oh, so you need a doctor to make you negative? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so she had a friend come, no mask or anything. I don't think he was a doctor. He shoved like something not really in my nose at all. I'm just like, okay, good. And I was negative. So that's how I'm back here. Otherwise, I'd be there for 14 fucking days. <laughs> that doesn't show you what a fucking crock of shit this is. It shows yeah. how united, though, the world is on COVID being kind of a bullshit thing. At least the testing. I'm not saying that they, there wasn't a bioweapon or people didn't get sick, whatever. They always do. But yeah. it shows that the, the news will say, this country is doing this and this country is doing that. No, fuck you. It's just your leaders who are doing that. And your people are pissed. And they're going to rise up and try to fuck you over just like we're all doing. I love it. Well right. said. Awesome. Yes, exactly. It's it's just them. You know, we're just everybody just wants to live life and have a good life and live simple. It's them that are fucking with us. Yeah. And like you were talking about uh earlier with how much to believe of anything that's going on. Literally if you turn off your TV and your phone, it sounds cliché as well, but if you go outside and then walk down to the store with your dog or walk around the park, None of this shit that's going on exists at all. And obviously people are dying and getting sick, whatever. But what I'm talking about is the the mind state they're trying to put you in, they with a TM, of this, you're going to die immediately. There's going to be a nuclear war with Russia. There's COVID. There's food, food shortages. There's all this shit. None of that is going on. I mean, at least where we are, I'm not saying it's not. I got to be careful. People fucking talking shit. But for the most part, if wherever you are, if you just go outside and hang out for a bit, it all disappears. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Like if you're not listening to the the news or anything, it just goes away. What do you think about the food shortages though, too? Because that is something that uh, has been in at least our circles lately, with like 16 or 17 different food production plants going up in flames or what. Have you heard anything about that? I've heard about it, but I mean, I'm out in Hawaii, so um, we're we're fine at the moment. You know, I I still go to the store. The only thing that's been a problem for me so far is just the fact that I haven't had the razors I normally use to shave my face have been gone for like two months, but, um, yeah, I know. Terrible. But anyway, so there is, um, that's, I mean, if any place we're probably the most, uh, scary place to be cause we rely on so much shipping, but food's still on the shelves over here. How about over there though? Is it, are you seeing that? Are you seeing the effects of that that's really? It's fine. I mean, I've gone, there's been shit out at the store a couple times, but it's nothing like, um, it's not detrimental. We're, yeah. we're adaptable. It's though. mostly so, the shit food that's out. So if it was something that yeah. was out, we would just get something different. We would adapt and change. We're not dependent on one certain thing. That's what the media and commercials try to make you so dependent on one thing. So that you love it. You need it. You have to have it. There are probably some people who are legitimately 
livid right now that they can't get their razor to shave their face and they're going to cut themselves every day because they're so pissed about it. But not on purpose, just with their other shitty razor they have to buy. But but people just think they need this. I need to have ground beef this week. Like, nah, you don't. You could just eat vegetables for the whole week and you'll be completely fine. And you could even grow your own food. I mean, that being said, I do believe they are trying to spray and fuck with the weather so that we can't grow our own food so that we do remain dependent on grocery stores that will ultimately run out of food because we'll be starving at some point way down the road, possibly. I'm not saying that will definitely happen. It's just something I could see happening. But if we just try to be independent and adaptable, things don't matter as much. We don't get as angry if there's something out on the shelves, you know? No, I don't eat that much anyway, so it's not really yeah. a big deal. And if the kids are hungry, I'm like, you'll be fine. You'll live. But we yeah, have bread and water. Like you were saying earlier, it's a it's a multiple vector attack. You've got weather, the food, the water, the and not to mention the psychological thing. That's a huge part of it is just the psychological part. But they are attacking different vectors here. And there's only so much you can do. Yeah, you can get a water filter for your house or you can try to grow your own food. But I mean, eventually you're going to have to go to the store for something unless you're a wizard and can do all that yourself. Uh, let me know because I'll move in with you because you can teach me stuff. <laughs> But like it is, you are going to have to participate participate in the system to an extent. So, what's your uh, plan of action? What are you doing over there to keep yourself kind of like at least in the in the direction of being self sufficient or out of the system? Well, I grow my own garden, although it's not been very successful. And I actually want to say blame that on the spring because we've had all these cloudy days where the plants aren't getting as much photosynthesis can't say that word photosynthesis but um the uh i've made myself a little survival area out in the forest here where i know that i have some some banana trees and some taro growing and some things that i might be able to retreat to and i know where there's some water but um i mean i'm in honolulu it's a it's a very densely populated city so i'm kind of probably not in the best place to to be you know talking like this because shit goes down. I mean, I'm, I'm on an island with over a million people, but, uh, you know, that's my plan of action unless I want to move away from here. And I've just, you know, I've just held it out here. We went through hell with the COVID Nazis here. In fact, it's probably the worst state to be in that from what I've talked to pretty much under this COVID people believed it. Like I still go into the stores and 90% of the people are still wearing their masks and it's crazy. But Anyway, besides that, I don't have like a huge plan of action. I know I can hear some people that I've friends with and listened to over the years screaming in my ear, why aren't you more prepared? But, you know, I do live everyday life. And I, like you said, when you go out and you don't watch any news or turn off your phone, life is still pretty normal. And it hasn't really changed for anyone hardly at all. You know? Yeah. And it is hard to get in that mindset even to to realize that as you go through your day when you're I have to be painfully in reality every day because of my job like I'm very much grounded at work like I I'm like yeah this sucks this is reality this is why it's fun to do stuff like this to kind of break out of that but For sure. it's it's hard to keep that mindset when you're so in the matrix every day and it's just right there in your face especially you being in Honolulu doesn't it look like fucking San Francisco over there like it doesn't yeah. even look like Hawaii. Yeah, it looks like um, Miami or 
LA in some areas, you know, we have more high rises than most US cities here. It's uh, pretty, I don't live in a high rise. I, I can never do that, but you know, how far I have of a swim would it be to Kona. What's that? Is that so long? I said, how far of a swim would it be to Kona if you had to? Oh, so probably long. get eaten by a few sharks, but um, yeah, that'd be way too far. Yeah. Maui would oh. be my next uh, island over, but uh, it would be hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this island still has a lot of forestry, too, you know. It, and, and one thing about Honolulu different than L.A. or uh, San Francisco or is the, the ocean and the mountains are only about five miles apart. So it's a very narrow, lo uh, long city, but not very wide. So I can get to nature pretty quick, to the mountains this way or the ocean that way pretty quick. Nice. You know, Are you ever heard about to... a tsunami or anything or Fukushima um, or anything like that? I'm not far away from the ocean uh, enough that I don't think I'll be affected exactly where I'm living right now by, by tsunamis. But um, I don't know. Are you guys in L.A. or where are you guys at? No, we're way in northern California. Yeah, we're in the, in the mountains. In the valley. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are better off than me. <laughs> yeah, we have a horseshoe of mountains around us, and it mm -hmm. actually affects the weather. Like when, when storm, storm fronts come through from the west – the mountains break up like most of them. That's why we hardly ever get any rain here because it just all hits the mountains and then goes away. So uh, if we were to get, the problem is we're basically at the bottom of the pool. So if our dam broke or if we got flooded, we'd be at the, the bottom. Like I'd have to, you know, hightail it up to the mountains, but we're like, I don't know, an hour from the mountains in all directions. So I'm not, not too worried. We, it, it's kind of a wet dream, you know, it'd be like, all right, it's that time. We're going to fucking hoof it into the mountains. I got my tent. Let's go do this. <laughs> and what's really amazing about where we live, which we've mentioned numerous times, is that our whole county and the county south of us was like, fuck this. We want our freedom. When all of the COVID lockdown stuff happened, we were like nice. one of two counties in California that almost everybody rebelled against it. There were lots of people wearing their masks and lots of stores that complied, probably because they were afraid of going out of business or losing their jobs or whatever. Um, but uh, most people were like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> we're not wearing a mask. And they would just walk around not wearing masks, going into stores. And they would even, even we would walk past people who would offer us masks like, oh, here's your mask. Joe would take it and put it in his pocket and say thank you and keep walking. And they never even Or they'd ask if I wanted one. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank no, you. Cool. Uh, ben wanted to jump in. He's he's blaggy. So yeah. He's I feel ben. sorry for him over there in that corner. I just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you got? got any words <laughs> No, 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 it's fine. Uh, it, well, it, I try to time it and it never works out. So I've just, I just decided tonight that I'll just start asking. Um, when Joe, uh, Joe, when you said that, uh, you know, a huge part of it is psychological. I think all of it is psychological because you can influence people's psychological health on what appears to be physical aspects. So whether it be the kind of chips that you want to go buy and they're out, now think about that on the grander scheme. Think about the kind of water. All of these little things by themselves wouldn't be that psychologically demanding. But when you put all of them together, it's a constant state of basically being ready in that fight or flight mode for the next big thing that's coming. And so as soon as that thing comes, the next thing you see is misdirection. Now you know this big thing is here, but it's not really getting talked about. You can't really get any kind of... Uh, instead, you know, it's all over the place, the uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. So it's kind of like every time something big happens that we should know about, they cover it up with something else, obviously. But on top of that, 
there's all of these other things, like you said, the water, uh, and I don't remember everything else that you mentioned, but I think all of that is for the purpose of just slowly draining the psychological fortitude of the masses so that when bigger changes come, they either one, don't see it, or two, they don't have a will to resist it anymore. I think that that's my opinion on it, is that I think that most everything that's happened, whether physical or uh, information-wise, is all psychological for the purpose of keeping everybody under their thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Loomis, you got anything on that? I I think so too. I I, I agree with that totally. Um, I sort of lost my train of thought. Come back to me. Go ahead. I had oh, something no, I was yeah. going to say, and I just totally lost it. I, I think I heard it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you oh, guys well, if I mean... anyone's ever farted on the show. There. <laughs> Hang on. I I did have something that. Uh, oh, wow. I did have something to uh, add to that, though. I meant to mention it the other day when we were talking about the ridiculousness of this Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Joe, you would have been proud because Johnny Depp said on on while he was in uh, under oath, he used the term and I quote, he was talking about Amber Heard taking a shit, a literal shit on his side of the bed. And he used the term. Somebody dropped a grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) And the first thing I thought of was you. I was like, oh, my God. The fact that and he did it like all like Jack Sparrow, like the way that he did it, kind of like a grumpy. Pardon. And I was like, oh, my God, he said grumpy. He said dropped a grumpy. Who the fuck? Oh, Joe says that. That whole fucking try it can't be real. I don't believe it. They're all no actors. Way. I don't fucking believe a word of that trial. It came in just at a you know opportune time, like you were saying, a misdirection. Look at this over here. Look at Johnny Depp and his hilarious trial. He's in this fucking trial with his ex-wife, but he's being hilarious through the whole fuck off. They're all acting. Yeah, why do we need to know that? Why why do we need to know all right. that? it's yeah, personal yeah. information it's none of our fucking business they're airing that no. but they didn't air the Gillian maxwell trial and i heard somebody say because one's criminal one's civil whatever still why are they giving this so much airtime it's their own personal i would be pissed if somebody did that to me like you're airing my personal shit on national tv and i'm famous go fuck yourself like can <laughs> i request you okay. not to do that but that that argument doesn't work the whole criminal versus civil thing because they blasted all over the news live the uh what's his name kenosha kid the, uh, yeah i was gonna no, say um the uh fuck the kid that sh- that shot people at the blm riots the 17 year old from kenosha mm. wisconsin um, yes kyle rittenbach so yeah so they they aired that live that's a criminal case that had to do with fucking three people dying um so why the hell did they not air the Ghislaine Maxwell case just because it was criminal? That's the dumbest argument I've heard for not airing a case. Exactly. And like, like he said, OJ Simpson, I mean, that was a, that was on every TV station. Everybody was into that. I Um, watched that in class when I was in seventh or eighth grade or ninth grade or something. Yeah. 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 I remember you guys must be about my age. then. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. I was in eighth grade and went, Oh no, no. I was older than that. Okay. I'm old. No, um, I think I was in ninth or 10th grade. I was something like that. I don't know. I don't remember when the trial was, but I remember I, I was in high school. They made us. Yeah. It. 
Yeah, the, the thing is, though, like that, that we're, all, we're always being shown these things that we're supposed to see. Even George Floyd, if you want to talk about that, because yeah. that was something that that was like, okay, I think it happens more than you think in these communities um, where a cop yeah. takes out an African-American in a community, but they decided to make this big at that particular time. And they it's like they almost shoved it in people's face. Oh, we can go out and protest with masks on, and they're mostly peaceful, but we're breaking windows and destroying everything, and people are getting hurt. But then we people can't go out and protest the mandates. No, and they were mostly peaceful protests. Remember that? Yeah, mostly on, peaceful. The BLM ones, or that's the what they called them. At the they called them mostly peaceful. Burning. They destroyed. You know, there black was a business owners' properties. They destroyed black lives in the yeah. Black Lives they, Matter. Process. They matter. So fuck you. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Sorry. They, they. No, no, you're fine. They they destroyed federal government buildings, and then on top of that. There was a screenshot, and then of course they they immediately uh, took it down so that you couldn't see the, the comparison. Uh, but long story short, they had posted uh, the New York Times had posted an article that said million braves, million or uh, thousands brave possible infection uh, to join protest in uh, BLM uh, over the death of George Floyd, and then less than three hours later. They posted an article that said um, thousands are, uh, how did they word it? Something about thousands are basically um, breaking the mandate law uh, by going to a Trump rally. It was one, and it was back to back articles. So if you went to their website, you could see the exact headline that they used one portraying it's okay to not wear a mask or go into a public space to get infected for this, but it's not okay if you're this way and going for this reason. And so then they immediately took down one of the articles and rephrased it and then waited to post it later so it wouldn't be on the same feed. And I'm like, if that isn't just, like, I know that that was a whoops for them, but if that isn't just indicative and in your face, the fact that it's like, how do you guys not see that that's what they do on every subject? It's every subject. And it's because they take it down. Like you said, immediately they take this shit down. They're rewriting history in real time. There's no like having to go back and change the history books. It's a 24 hour news cycle and they can change it by typing a couple fucking keys into a keyboard. It's even if they make a mistake like that, it's easy enough to fix. And then it gets memory hold. And five months later, fuck two weeks later, nobody fucking remembers that until you bring it back up. And then it's like, Oh, that's old. We're on to uh Johnny Depp. Now figure fuck off. I don't think that was a whoops for them personally. So I think that was only a whoops for them because of people like us who pay attention to those things and are in the middle. And we can see like, Hey, I think the media is kind of wording things differently to sway people this way and wording things in this article differently to sway people the other way. And a couple of people squawk about it. And then they're like, oops, we made a mistake. But if everyone just did what they said, it wouldn't be an oops. They'd be like, yep, nailed it. <laughs> On to the next. I have an easy, well, it's not actually as cheap as it used to be, but I have a solution for all these uh, upper echelon Ooh. people, we'll call them. And it's... <laughs> Just, I mean, it's not as cheap as it used to be, but I, I will donate my personal stash of that to get rid of all these people. Amen. Well, before yeah. we close, 
here. Ben's got to go to bed pretty soon, but we got about five minutes. So did you hear anything about that fucking Megan Fox and uh, Machine Gun Kelly shit about them drinking each other's blood? It's, it's way too in almost mainstream. I might be mainstream. I don't watch mainstream, but it's all over the place on Instagram, all over the place everywhere. And they're, it's Megan Fox talking about how she her and MGK Machine Gun Kelly, which, oh, I actually have a, a, a sample of his. Uh, his rap. <laughs> that was Machine Gun Kelly from his newest single, Go Bite. But he, uh, they, yeah, they're talking about how they, they drink each other's blood all the time and that he, like, is especially into it and is more, wants more than a couple drops. Like, it just seems like stupid, almost like a in-your-face shock jock PR thing, but I, I, you don't look like you've heard of it. But what do you think? No, of that? I know. I, I think it, I don't know what, it, the, the image it brought to mind was what's that? I can't. Re- was it Nas X, that rapper kid that was like, yeah, Lil Nas X, yeah, yeah, had drops of blood in his satanic shoes. Did you remember yeah. that? That's just what yeah. it brought to mind to me. But it's it's like this continued little thing. And when I watch um, any, I, I, it's dangerous to watch TV and movies, really. But if you know it's going on it's not so bad but when i'll watch like netflix shows and i'll see little bits of satanism in there or they really like to throw it at you it's they like to throw in this the something shocking and of course they have their typical agendas that they put in i did this on a cover this on a show of you know neo-feminism and um they got to put in something gay, even though it doesn't have to be there. It's all got to be in there. And I, I noticed that recently. What did I see? Ozark. You guys seen that show yeah. where they had that goat cookie jar and the ashes of the, of the brother in, in the goat cookie jar. I hope I'm not oh, spoiling right. it. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the lady, the mother made a, some kind of a, uh, memorial to the brother in the yard and dug this quick hole and did this weird stuff. Well, if you pause it, it's some kind of some kind of symbolism. I, I have to go back and look at it, but it's definitely it's definitely something. So they're always throwing this stuff in our face. And th- it's like they're just saying, yeah, we're doing this. If, if you guys care about it, you know, and most people don't don't even it doesn't even phase them. But people these days, they say have a attention span of eight seconds less than a goldfish. That's what they say. So. Hey, uh, my kids for sure have a goldfish memory. What do you think about real quick before we get out of here? What do you think about that? The subliminal stuff or the, the stuff they put out right for you to see like that, that they know people are gonna, like us are going to notice. Is it to make us look crazy and be like, look, it's everywhere. Or are they really just trying to subliminally do things to the people that don't notice? I always go back and forth on that. It's it's like the chess game, you know, where you're like, wait, do they know that we know about that? And that's why they did it. Or are they that stupid? They put it in there, hoping they w- we wouldn't see it. Like, which one is it? I think I think it might be that they put it in there so you ingest it somewhere in your subconscious. That's what Edward Bernays talks about a lot in propaganda. And I think they, for the the lamestream regular old normies, they ingest that somewhere in their subconscious. Because as soon as you get into a screen, I think it takes here's eight seconds again for some reason, but eight seconds to fit into. Um, light hypnosis which is which is uh alpha state right so it, they know that they can get inside you when you're relaxed and sitting down and watching something so that's what i think checks out uh we just talked about that with uh, uh jihan i can't say his name right jihan 
Anyway, yeah, he was talking about the alpha state and how basically as soon as you push play on the TV, you're like in a trance. And I would like to think we can be above that just because we know about that already and we're always pointing stuff out, but probably still has an effect on us. It probably does a little bit, but we have a very open eye when we watch shows and we have a we watch like old sci-fi shit or like really weird, obscure shows. It's not this mainstream. We do. We have seen Ozark, but we're not always watching the newest show that is pumped off by netflix but, but the wokeism <laughs> is so in your face at least to us that i can't i don't even mention it most of the time i'm just like okay they had to have a, a trans they had to have a fucking gay cut of mm -hmm. course they did like a, mm -hmm. they're into saving the earth there's climate change fuck off like seriously it makes it un, <laughs> unenjoyable well, at some and those are the shows we don't remember watch. when that was like a novelty like one of my favorite shows that i ended up watching 10 years after it came out was will and grace i fucking loved it it was an amazing show. It had great humor uh, for being a sitcom. It was quirky. You got to learn the characters, learn their backstories, and it was a lot of fun. When they came out with the reboot, I didn't even make it through the first episode before I was like, nope, because the whole thing was just a political stance and an in-your-face, this is what we are, you need to like it, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, everybody loved Will and Grace. That's why they rebooted it. But they liked it because it was just a normal fucking portrayal of people. It wasn't this in-your-face, grandiose fucking, like Joe said, you know, the wokeism in it. it uh, completely fried it. And I went, no, I can't. Nope. I'll just stick to the original series because this is fucking yes. retarded. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I know you got to go. But uh, I was going to say how we're talking about. Um, so everybody is often going for the next thing like this um this johnny depp trial or whatever is the next hot topic well that annoys me a lot about society because everybody goes for the newest thing whether it was back in the day when you went into a movie store and everybody went for the new releases and they left the classics alone to even our podcast where people listen to the newest episode because it's the newest episode it's good to get off that train and actually go and just explore things that are not necessarily new. And that's what the system wants us to do is always be in for the next thing and the next thing when there's so much we can explore that's like for movies, for example, classics way going way back if you can enjoy a movie. Yeah, exactly. That's why I always feel like our, we usually talk about some current events and like this has no replayability. But then we hear from people like Corey in the chat who's gone through our whole entire catalog. <laughs> I don't recommend if you're a new listener, just don't skip the first like I don't know three seasons. That's ah, eh, fine, whatever. Shit. All right, dude. Well, uh, anybody who wants to find out where you are, let me put your banner back up there. Chainitdownradio.com, and that does that have everything you do on there? Links to all your stuff. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel, Truth Filled Trajectory. Um, I'm on Instagram, sorta, and I don't get on there a lot, but then I'm on, um, I don't even know how to use Telegram that well. I should, but yeah, I'm on there too. So you can oh, yeah, come, Thanks. Come, come jump in our Telegram. And anybody else listening, come jump in our Telegram. It's fun. And it's free. <laughs> I know y'all like free shit. <laughs> yes. All right, dude. Have a good night. Thanks yeah, for joining you too, guys. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for bringing me on and... Thanks, yeah, man. it's good to good to talk to you guys. Keep in touch. I'm around and we'll do. Anytime you guys want to collab again, let's do it. We'll do. All right, man. Thanks. Hey. Thanks everybody in the chat. All the uh barnacle free listeners on the audio. We love you too. Have a good night.